2: To Fright Night. She just goes a little mad sometimes.
1: Wolfman's got
0: They're coming to get you, Barbara.
1: Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. We have such sights to show you. They're
0: gonna laugh you! are listening to the Jersey Call. Cool. Hey everybody! What's up? And welcome back to another episode with the Jersey Goons. And we have roped in yet another poor soul to hang
1: out with us tonight. I don't know how we keep doing it, but we do. (laughs) We
0: do. We are super, super excited to introduce our special guest. Uh, We are going to pass it over to him for the introduction, the creator of the Slasher app that is now available. Hey everybody, go download it. Uh, We would like to introduce you guys to Damon.
2: Hey, what's up everyone? How's it going, ladies?
0: Oh, it's going, dude. We are so
1: pumped about this app, though. Can you tell us a little bit about Slasher app and why everyone in the horror community needs to drop everything, put the knives down, cover their boobies up, and go get it?
2: (laughs) Well, because they won't have to cover their boobies up when they're on it. (laughs) Um, That's that's one good reason. Well, we're sold. Um, So so, um, Slasher is basically a... um, a social network for fans and professionals in the horror community. It's uh, It's been designed out of really sort of my own personal need to want to find more things and, and delve a little deeper, meet other people, you know, rather than just sort of have to wait for conventions to roll around or... Spend tons of time searching the vastness that is the uh, interwebs. So, um, you know, it sort of came about just out of personal need for something that's a little bit more consolidated and uh, easily accessible.
1: Yeah, so I have to say that I was lucky enough to get a, a guided tour from you at Pop Rock and Horror of the app, and then I was uh, have downloaded it since. And I gotta say, I am blown away at how cool this is. I love the idea of getting all of my horror fixins all in one place. It's like it's like the this amazing all you can eat buffet of all the things I love, which is like conventions, books, media, film, like television. It's so freaking awesome. And and if I were single, I gotta tell you. I'd be well up on that data gap too.
2: (laughs) Well, that's always nice to hear. I certainly appreciate that. Um, And, and what's really cool is this is just phase one. We, I, I, I kind of decided to release it a little thin, just because I really had no idea what to expect. There's a whole lot more coming in the next month or two, like a lot, a lot, a lot. Cool. So,
1: Can you give us any yeah. hints at what's coming?
2: Yeah. Um, essentially, a lot of resources. So, for example, there is going to be sections in the app itself, not just in the message boards, for artists, books and writers, filmmakers, movies, cosplayers, vendors and podcasters of course there's going to be sort of separate calendars for those things in addition to the main events calendar that's there now
1: oh that's awesome so, man i feel yeah, like so, all the people trying to like make make a name for themselves in horror need to like immediately get in on this from the ground floor well yeah i mean it's
2: it's going to have just tons of features and really this is what's going to sort of set it off in my opinion because the stuff that's on there now is, is really cool. You know, you're, you're just getting into seeing how its foundation is being created. And then once that stuff hits, it's really going to expand a ton, um, having all those sections. So that way people could go in and really dig into, you know, the podcast section or the, um, you know, the artists or writers or whatever, that's the kind of thing that I am personally excited about because this is giving me sort of the con vendor floor experience in an app. And that's my favorite part of the cons personally.
1: Definitely me too, I think. Yeah. Um, and I also think the idea of having that all in one spot is, is definitely really revolutionary. So Other than like knowing that there was no one-stop shop, what what really was like your inspiration for diving into making an app? Have you done this before or is this something new?
2: Just to give you a little history, I started my first business back in 96. It was a website. I was selling computer parts and building custom computers for people and all that stuff, just like everyone else was doing back then. (laughs) (laughs) But then I started doing something else. I, I evolved into doing consumer electronics, at which point, I was a co-developer for this really substantial website. Uh, It was called hometicket.com back in like 98. And it had features that Amazon didn't even have at the time. So, you know, not to say that it was better than Amazon by any stretch, but it was just, you know, it was very forward thinking and sort of looking at a, a, a grander, scale than a lot of other websites at the time were were considering. And I was taking different ideas from here and there and just sort of pulling them together in different ways so that way I could give, you know, customers or whoever just a different experience. So sort of architecting that whole website gave me a bit of a background to be able to put this together and sort of understand how things could work. And that's Basically, you know, where I am now is just, you know, I, I get it, but I'm certainly not a coder myself or anything like that. Well, that was actually so, going to
1: be my question. Like how just how much work goes into something like this? I, can, I can't I can even wrap my brain around how you've been able to make this magic on my computer interwebs. But this is like beyond cool inclusiveness. I've been having so much fun playing with it over the past couple days.
2: Awesome, thank you. As far as how much work goes into it, it's a ton. Yeah, I came up with the idea in December of 2018, so just several months ago. And I started to sort of flesh it out and type out different ideas and things like that. And those ideas sort of evolved into a big outline of all the different features that I would want in it and that other people might find useful as well. So I started started to have to think outside of my own needs and tried to figure out. Okay, so how can other people benefit by this as well? And then um, I did a business plan that stretches about seven years. <laughs> <laughs> and then in March we started uh, coding and everything. And you know, I've been basically the the point guy on the whole thing as far as you know the functionality and just sort of giving any kind of. Art direction or anything like that for the few places that there is actually, any <laughs> kind of grabbed. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a it was a massive undertaking. There are like five people on the development team that I hired to do this, and me. And between all of us, like you know, I, I have a regular day gig that I that I do and whatnot. You know, any second I wasn't working on that was in this,
0: right. and
2: it was you know well over. 17 hour days and and stuff like that where you know i would stop working on my day stuff and then start working on this and you know meetings at like <laughs> just all ridiculous hours like starting at 10 at night sometimes you know i'd wake up in the middle of the night like two o'clock and just have two hour conversations with people Oh wow. uh, just to work on development stuff and then i'd end up getting up somewhere around five or four or whatever have another set of two-hour conversations, and uh, you know, make every attempt I could to get some sleep somewhere.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, dude. It's I mean, it's definitely coming along. We are really impressed with even just in the couple of weeks since we've been in, like, seeing it.
2: You know, now that it's out there, I, I kind of did this as a, a soft launch, so that way we'll have the opportunity to see how people are interacting with it. Which I've I've already gotten a very fantastic glimpse of just between Friday and Sunday. You know, I I was not expecting the number of people to be on it that are. And I I figured, you know, Hey, maybe a hundred people would show up. I, I was way off. You know, thankfully everybody's been really, really cool for the most part and given tons and tons of feedback that I've been able to issue a, an update today, which took care of some little hiccups and whatnot on Android and, um, you know, added a couple of cool little features that help it be more useful. So, um, and, and we're going to keep doing this. We're going to be adding more and more. So this week there's probably going to be at least one more update, which should be on Android and iOS. I'm super on top of things, so whenever anybody sends me a message or, you know, a comment on on. Facebook or Instagram or whatever, I'm on it as soon as I see it. You know, I just check things out, see what's going on. If there's an issue, get it dealt with as soon as I possibly can. And then, uh, you know, if it's a suggestion, take a look at, um, you know, everything else I've got going on and it's going to go into it and see if it's something that makes sense to to add in or if it's already going to be in there, you know, that's great. It's good to know people are, are looking for stuff that we already have planned. Yeah. Just trying to stay on top of it. But that's, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, I think that's... Yeah. <laughs> before we move on to talking about Strangeland, our, our mm-hmm. we have a couple questions for you. First of all, um, F. Mary Kill, Laurie Strode, Nancy Thompson, and Sydney Prescott. Huh. <laughs> it's a tough one. Wait, what was the first one again? Uh, Laurie Strode.
2: Okay, I, I think I would probably marry her. Okay. Because she is like, you know, just... She's badass. <laughs> totally. I, I like I like really strong people, so I think that's really cool. I, I would have to say, kill Sydney.
1: Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I could live with that. Jackie,
0: what's your answer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, mine is. Um, You're gonna marry Nancy. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck Lori, and marry Nancy, and kill Sydney.
1: Wow. Okay. I I'm going. All right. I'm going marry Nancy. Oh, this is hard. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna admit I would F Cindy. Of all three. Enough, yeah. Like, if I really had to go down that road, Cindy's the cutest to me. And then, unfortunately, I'd kill Lori, which I'm really bummed about because she's one of my all-time favorite final girls. So, it's terrible. I'm ashamed I'm of myself. And uh, our last question. You have the, the pleasure of being killed by absolutely any horror villain. Who do you choose to kill you and why?
2: Wow. I know. Well, that's cool. a
0: one. <laughs> so many to choose yeah. from. We like the hard-hitting questions here
2: at Jersey Girls. <laughs> I think it would have to be one of my favorite, and in my opinion, more underrated characters, and that would be Pumpkinhead.
1: Ooh, that is an obscure one. Tell us why. Yeah.
2: Well, okay, so how many times do you watch a movie and you see this character who is just, at its core, just anger and, and revenge? And it's just pissed and has fingers that are, like, a foot long <laughs> that could just rip you in half without even blinking. Like, it, the character just has a built-in sneer and, is, is like, everything is screwed that comes in its path.
0: Yeah, no, that's a respectable answer. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, with that being said, mm-hmm. I think we can roll this right in to 1998's D. Snyder's Strangely. Um, excuse me, it's D. Snyder Presents.
1: Okay. <laughs> um, yes, that's right, and directed by John Piplo, who went on to do a whole lot of nothing, okay. incidentally. And, uh, yeah, and this was written and produced by our boy Dee. Um, so, uh, Jackie, you want to get, first of all, the real national treasure that was buried in this film, Linda Cardinelli.
0: Yeah, I had totally forgotten she was in this. Uh, I saw this movie... Probably back Hollywood in our uh, yeah, Hollywood video days. <laughs> I probably saw this movie in very early two thousands. Maybe I saw it in the theater because this came mm-hmm. out around like our junior senior mm-hmm. year of high school. So I rem- I know for a fact that I saw this movie a long time ago, but it has been a very long time. So when I saw her name comp her and Amy Smart, yeah! I saw their names come up on the credits, got excited. and I was like, "Oh, I know who they are." Yeah, I got excited, so I can say it flat out. I I personally, I really like this movie. What, uh, Damon, what is your take on this
2: movie? So, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I, en- I certainly enjoyed it a lot more when it first came out. Yeah, me um, too. I got it, like, the second it was out on DVD, you know, just being like, hey, you know, I, I know exactly what they're talking about here because I was into pretty much everything that's in this movie as far as, like, you know, just the the subcultures and, you know, the whole uh, advent of the internet thing becoming really popular. You know, so it was like, oh, wow, I, I get exactly what's going on here this is crazy.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It it like hit all the right nostalgia notes for sure. For me from the dial up sounds at the very beginning that Mm -hmm. made me giddy to like remembering that feeling of how scandalous it felt to be in a chat room and be like, I can be whoever I want to like, and Oh boy, did I, you know, even
0: even so much the, the opening song, the opening credit song, it, it just, this is such a late nineties time capsule from the music in it, from the whole, you know, newborn internet, from the counterculture scene, to me this is very much the late 90s time capsule that I was more than delighted to go back and visit. You know how I feel about my
1: 90s. Yeah, Jackie still lives like it's 1998, so this is actually (laughs) perfect for her. She still has (laughs) dial-up.
0: I still use I have I have like a hundred and eighty million hours in those AOL CDs that they used to send you. I save them all, still use them. Don't even Verizon Comcast go to hell. I've got AOL. She, she
1: sometimes gets fancy gets prodigy. Uh oh. You, know, really you,
0: you should check out my Angel Fire website. Oh my god. Uh so yes, yeah, so um so in this movie. A couple of young high school-age girls are fucking around on the internet, going into chat rooms, and they meet Captain Howdy. Captain Howdy. Captain Howdy. And Captain Howdy says, hey, come to a party at my house. And when they look at his profile... He just seems like you're really cool, 19-year-old, snowboard-loving, you know? Now in 98, were we that stupid? We weren't that stupid. We were that
1: stupid. I didn't go to Captain Howdy's house. I may pretend it to be a hot blonde, but I didn't. I didn't uh, for those listening who have never seen me, I am a hot blonde. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I yeah, like I was, I still fucking understood the fundamentals of stranger danger in nineteen ninety eight, even if I was a sixteen year old moron.
0: I don't. I, it is. I mean, again, I, I agree. I also did not fall for that. Like i might like well, you fell for it when I did it. I, which well, is how I lured so you. <laughs> But I mean, I definitely had conversations with guys where I'm like, "Oh, yeah. me too." He's like, "Hey, come over." Months. Like, sweet, I'm on my way. Turned off the computer, went <laughs> <and> to <the> bed. <laughs> you ghosting people?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you bitch. <laughs> There's gonna be like 30 that- random guys who are gonna write in about Jackie <laughs> ghosting them in 1998, no,
0: and that was back in the day where it wasn't necessarily like. Um, like, AIM. It was just those random, those chat, random rooms chat rooms. random chat on, like, Prodigy a, and AOL. you yeah. could make a new screen name oh, every time hell, you yeah. I, Oh, boy, did I. Yeah, same. Same. <laughs> I definitely... Uh, I wasn't. So, as a
1: dude, I'm curious to get, like, the guy perspective on this. Was it... Did you feel like it was a dangerous place? Did you get a lot of, like, w- women through... I, like, chat rooms, how'd that work for guys? Uh,
2: well, okay, so... I I personally didn't feel like it was a dangerous place because I had my own sort of methodology of making sure that, you know, I'm not putting myself into a really ridiculous position. So, you know, I, I always made sure that, you know, I didn't just like go from like the screen into the car to go meet somebody because that's a little much.
1: (laughs) Dude, you seem like a good guy. You seem like the guy who wouldn't have lied, unlike us. We were scumbags and lied all the time on these things. The (laughs) only
0: thing I ever lied about was my age. Like, I would say that, like, I was 17 when I was 15, like I really wouldn't lie too much. And no,
1: I would go into like the three eleven chat room and be like, I've seen the tour twenty
0: million times. Oh yeah, well that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that's the truth. But like I didn't like I didn't try to be like, hey, twenty five year old guy, I'm twenty one. Like I wasn't scummy. No, that I stayed in the teen rooms because like yeah. the adults scared me. Oh, I was yeah. scared. Although even in the teen rooms, if you're like, hey, you know, where where are you at? I'm like New Jersey. Like we're at New Jersey. The New Jersey part, like I never try to like give up too much. Yeah, we were
1: smart. Yeah. Real talk, though. I was. I'm, I'm talking a big game, but I was such a nerd bomber that, like, I only ever got to like virtual like second base, and then I'd get too nervous and turn it off. <laughs> like I never hit a home run on the virtual world in the chat rooms. I'm gonna have to put that on my bucket list. <laughs> Matt, sign out later. Your handle is gonna be Captain Howdy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my husband loves me. <laughs> he's like, go to hell. I'm going to bed.
0: <laughs> yeah, so so we got sidetracked. We so, did. Yeah, I'm sorry. Movie, so Captain Howdy invites. Exorcist throwback, Chris. right? Yeah. Uh, okay. He invites the ladies over to party, and it turns out that he's not some cool 19 year old dude. Uh, it's Steve Snyder. It's Dee Snyder, uh, Who who is a. I mean, he even says, like, I don't know, I guess I'm trying to figure out the appropriate term, like a fetishist? Because it's more, he even says it's like more than, than BDSM. Because even they get to, like, they can't reach levels that he's at. But he is, he is at one of those almost pinhead, Hellraiser esque, pleasure and pain kind of fetishists. It reminded me of martyrs in that way.
1: Really? Oh, okay. gosh. Like,. Was- you know what Pierced I mean? Like, that, that yeah. notion of, like, an extreme amount of pain being able to get you to a higher plane of existence, right? Um yeah, yeah. <laughs> But it also, yeah, it was, like, 50 shades of gray times 50-odd crack with piercings, because that's, I mean, I don't know. So, to be fair, one of the things that is my gripe about this film is I feel like it's a little unfair to tattoos, piercings, gothy stuff, metal, and BDSM. Like, just because people like that crap doesn't mean they're serial killers.
0: No, and you know what? I I actually have that in my notes. Because even toward the end, um, the, the speech, I believe it's the final speech that Captain Howdy's character, or the character of Carlton. Captain Howdy, Carlton, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, in his final speech, he even says some stuff that my note is, like, some of what he says isn't wrong. Because he talks about- Are you out of your fucking mind? Some of what he says is about how people automatically judge you based on what you look like. He said, like, basically, he's like, because I have a face tattoo, you know, suddenly the judgment. Now, granted, in this case, all that judgment, 100% correct. But if if you look at it in, like, in today's standards, I mean, I work at a company that specifically says your hair must be of natural-born hair color. You may not have visible tattoos. You may not have facial piercings because apparently that is frowned upon and you become (coughs) unprofessional when you have any sort of body modification. So in that sense, I think he's absolutely correct of the taboo of you. You have made your body unnatural by modifying it in one way or another. Like I said, piercings, tattoos, scarring, whatever you're into. And I think it's, it's absolutely true. I mean, I've seen stuff on Facebook where I think it was, like, there was an article, like, a nurse or something who had rainbow-colored hair got into it with somebody at, like, a grocery store because they were, like, how could you possibly be a nurse with rainbow-colored hair? Like, because somehow the color of your hair affects your skill at a job.
2: So, so I have one question, though. Yeah. You can't dye your hair, like, even another, like, natural color. It has to be the hair you were, like, no. born
0: No, no, no.
1: They just mean a color that you can be born with. Which, fun fact, Jackie has had to very much, like, corporatify herself to take this gig. Because she had... Uh, unnatural, mm. dare I say, colored hair. I've
0: had hair color every color of the rainbow. Yeah. And the job I have now, I did, I had to, I had to, I, I, I'm a brunette. Yeah. I'm she, a very really sad brunette. She is.
1: It just feels, it almost feels not like you. Like, yeah. it almost feels less real with this hair than it does I with I had,
0: it. for probably the, the hair color that I had the longest was this really pretty dark denim blue color. Mm. And I absolutely I mean, I, loved I, I, it. Yeah. But yeah, I can't, I have to have brown My hair. hair. You've got to be on the straight and narrow mm-hmm. these days.
2: Well, maybe one day you'll stop working for the Amish and. <laughs> <laughs>
0: seriously, seriously. <yeah. laughs> um, but no. So anyway, we keep getting sidetracked. But Captain Howdy keeps kidnapping people. He sews their mouth shut, and then he does, on top of raping people, he does all sorts of body modifying, really torturous. Things to people, piercings, all sorts of things without their consent, and it just becomes this whole kidnapping nightmare. One Kidna- of the, it is a kidnapping nightmare. One of the people <laughs> that is kidnapped, her father happens to be a detective. And he's that guy. He's, like, been in a bunch of stuff. Yeah. But he's a shitty actor. <laughs> no, well, here's the thing. I thought this movie very much reminded me of Silence of the Lambs, and I thought the guy- Are you kidding? What? nothing. What? Please, please explain I, I, to me how I'm kidding. though. No, I'm sorry. I take it back. No, no,
1: no. I can, I'm here. Dude, literally one of the best fucking horror movies of
0: all time. You just reminded you of Silence of the Lambs? Did it not seem familiar with the kidnapped no. person? <laughs> Wait, now I'm going to question it. You've seen Silence of the Lambs. I have and it's a fucking stellar movie. I'm not <laughs> saying that Land has trumped it. I'm saying that the plot is similar to me. The Chick in the well wasn't
1: related to Jodie Foster. No, no good. Anyway. (laughs) David, you get what I'm saying, though. Like, that's like being, like, uh, like, fucking, let me think of a shitty movie (laughs) and then a really good movie. Like, oh, that's the Citizen... It reminded me of Citizen Kane. Like, you can't make that comparison.
2: I totally understand where she's coming from because, you know, similar situations are occurring not she's not talking about the quality <laughs> of, of the movie or the story she's, by any stretch she's it's just that there, there are similar there, you know there are similar events that she could say okay well uh, you know it reminded me of that because this happened in that movie so i guess he could sort of be like uh, maybe akin to the buffalo bill character
0: Thank where you. he's
2: kidnapped people and torturing them and, and whatnot just
1: because you're afraid and, of her you don't uh, have to agree with her <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I I get where she's coming from. Right, I was yeah. hoping that there would be a guy with, with a bucket and saying, put the lotion in the basket.
0: <laughs> no. Um, and also for the fact that the, the lead actor um, with Detective Gage, mm-hmm. I thought I had to look it up, I thought that was Buffalo Bill. Um Ted Ted Levine, Ted Levine. For a second I thought it was him because he looks like him, which I think also helped with the whole this kind of feels a little silence of the land. Okay, it's Silence of the Lambie. There we go. You
1: win. <laughs> I'll give you that one. So I want to talk... Well, since we're obviously not going to talk about how terrible of an actor that guy is. Um, m- I thought one of the things that I did think was interesting... I'm sorry, did you want to finish your synopsis? No. Are gone. you sure? It's... No. Bring it back. No, Well, you know
0: what? He So he kidnaps people. They get rescued. He goes to an, an asylum. Re- like he gets yeah. rehabbed. And after four short years, much to the chagrin of everyone, he is deemed... Cured, and he is released. He had been found not guilty by reason of insanity. He goes to the asylum. Four years later, he's on meds. He's on the straight and narrow. They let him out. Um, The town is just furious that he's been let out. And the mob mentality happens. They scoop him up and try to kill him. And what a ragtag mob it is. It's like the impersonate... It's
1: like the woman who's supposed to be Tipper Gore and Robert Englund, who plays like a WT like kind of guy yeah so it's fascinating to me that they all come together with a common so bond
0: in them like kidnapping him and trying to hang him he has lost his meds and somehow being hanged has reawoken all of his previous uh, right. psychosis like, right because that makes so much sense instantly uh, and then he goes back <laughs> and he kidna- kidnaps a whole bunch of people including the same girl again genevieve and, um, yeah, yeah so just like Sounds of they have to be re <laughs> rescued, and then he gets lit on fire, and yeah. hilarity ensues. So, oh, there's this Hilarity goes into <laughs> oh, wow. okay, Beautiful, Jack. So, what, what notes do you All
1: have? right, so my first note to you guys is Was, was chat rooms and the internet the satanic panic of the late 90s, early 2000s? Because I think. D. Now that I fell down the D. Snyder rabbit hole with you, I think that this is kind of a very satirical look at, and a very like, I don't know. I, see, I don't know, Damon. I'm interested in your perspective on this because was this incredibly unfair to people who are in that lifestyle and culture, or, or was it like satirical and trying to make a point?
2: I mean, for me, I enjoyed it because I'm just thinking to myself, "Hey, we've got a killer now."
1: <laughs> That's a good point. It's
2: a good. You know. Point. I mean, you know I, I totally dug the, the music. You know, I've probably seen at least half the bands that, that had a song on the
1: soundtrack. Oh my God, oh. you're so much cooler than I am.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Give me a few minutes. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: so, I mean, you know, the fact that I was into all the same stuff, it was like, oh, wow, this is kind of cool. I, 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 I totally get this. I could relate to it.
1: No, but i you say you're into the same stuff, happen, I'm going pr- to pry a little bit. Real talk. Just you and me. Nobody else has to hear this. What do you mean exactly? Like tattoos and piercings? Or are we talking heavy into all this stuff? Like how into this stuff are you?
2: Um, I've only had my ears pierced ever.
1: Ah, see, yeah. Now, have you ever been to a club like that, you guys? Because I definitely have not. I would pee my pants and leave.
2: Sort of is the appropriate answer.
1: So those, like, (laughs) I, I was wondering if that was real. Like, I have to be honest, as the vanilla basic ass bitch that I am, never been to a club like that in my life.
2: Okay, so so the 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 girl that was completely beating the shit out of the guy. Yeah. I never have seen that at a goth industrial club, ever. Okay. Doesn't mean it hasn't happened. I'm just saying I've never seen it.
1: I would argue um, those are two different scenes, right?
2: Sort of. Huh. They there's a lot of overlap. Just kinda like there's a lot of overlap with horror and tattoos and piercings and For like sure. all these these sure. sort of Countercultures tend to overlap in in various ways. Oh, that's a good um, point. But uh, but yeah, I mean, there were a lot of uh, you know. But I have to say, in general, like the people who were in the audience at the club, yeah, that's more or less what it was like. Right. You know, I, I would go to Limelight, which was just...
1: yes. Oh my God, me too.
2: Yeah, that, that was just a land of debauchery. Uh, if, especially, I, I, would, I only went once.
1: Full disclosure. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt so awesome and cool. <laughs> and then I think I stayed for like an hour and a half, and then I had to sneak home before my parents knew I had went to the city. But Live was like, where'd you grow up, dude?
2: Um, In Westchester, New York.
1: Oh, nice. Okay, I grew up in Hudson County. So I Light was
0: like the bark of being cool for
1: my whole youth. There you go. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so see you know, hung out regularly. See, now down here in, in good old South Jersey... <laughs> See, we had. I personally have never been to a club like that, but going to South Street in Philadelphia, there were a handful of stores on South Street that catered to that kind of subculture. And in particular, there was a store called Zipperhead. And of course, I definitely went through like the fishnet stockings, pleather dress phase of my life um so to go there and just like walk the streets and I feel like I don't know I can't say that there was one more than the other because there was definitely like kind of the industrial goth group that was there but at the same time you also had like the plaid pants suspenders tall boots kind of like punk yeah the guys that thought they were in like like rancid you yeah, know like yeah. we had that those was kind of like punk group, yeah. kind of things so it was a good mix but uh <laughs> like that was the most that i ever dabbled into i definitely it wasn't so much like industrial punk it was more like i wanted to dress up like i was in rocky horror picture show <laughs> oh
1: man, who didn't when we were kids right god that was all i wanted in life was yeah. i still to this day so th- here's my question in 2019 is this still shocking because I remember being, like, watching this movie when I was probably way too young to be at age 16 or whatever it was, and being like, oh, my God. And, like, now I watch it, and I felt like I, which is such a testament to how desensitized I am as an adult, but, like, I didn't even blink at most of the violence. I mean, in an age of torture porn and Saw and all that kind of shit, this felt very tame. Maybe this paved the way for those, though.
2: It's a possibility. I mean, it, it certainly did have an element of... of... I guess a shock to it at the time because yeah, all these things were happening and a lot of people were still pretty freaked out about piercings and body modifications and things like that at that time. Um, So, you know, if you got something that was other than like your ears or nose, you know, it was, it was pretty extreme, I guess. But nowadays, you know, him just giving people free piercings and stuff, (laughs) I mean, as far as, a horror movie goes, I guess it's really not too shocking nowadays, but no, it, it's the idea of, of being taken against your will and, you know, forcefully, essentially tortured. Um, yeah, that that's, that's scary as hell, no matter when it is, in my opinion.
1: I do think you're right about it being a lot more socially normative to have piercings, tattoos, etc.
0: now. The one thing I think that does carry over as far as the, the creepy factor. And I think this will stand the test of time. It doesn't matter what decade this happens in a movie, but the sewing of the lips together just gives me the, the absolute yeah. wig. It, and and I think that is something that forever, no matter when, that is just such an uncomfortable image because yeah, there's body modification. You want to do the gauges in your ears and stretch them out. And you know, yeah, you're right. It absolutely has become way more normal, but That unnatural securing of the lips together, when you can see very meticulously how he has sewn just under the bottom lip to just above the top lip, it's so creepy. Oh, she's like yeah, no, it does. It is. It's like that. That's it grosses me out. Not unlike Slug Woman from Puppet Master. Oh, here we go. (laughs) It's so gross. It's so gross when stuff comes out of her mouth.
1: (laughs) I I agree with you. I think there are some parts of this film that are effective. I hated. Okay, so I loved seeing Robert Englund, because it's Robert Englund, but I hated that whole little plot line, but now that I know what he went through with, like, the censorship and how much he's an advocate for, like, I get why that was a smack in the face of, like, what was going on in real life.
0: I also found it quite ironic that Freddy Krueger was leading the Revenge Mom. Yes, I do too. <laughs> uh, did you notice that at
1: one point one of the mob bother- people had a sign that said, we're not going to take it? I giggled for a few minutes. <laughs> I, I, I laughed pretty hard. Yeah, <laughs> there, there was an, an almost satirical feel to some
0: of it. I mean, there was, uh, like I said, I really enjoyed it. And of course, um, obviously, as Marissa knows, um, I really enjoyed how there was the group of quote unquote Christians that, you know, were pushing their agenda mm-hmm. while hiding behind the. Uh, the guise of I'm doing this for God and for no, my religion no kidding. so there was no bigger thrill to me, the than atheist, watching them get than, yeah, yeah watching so. them them get absolutely not killed but tortured. and it was it was fantastic because I think that that's something that D himself in 1985 to a degree got put up against the whole play on the I'm curious to get your guys take on
1: this. When he's the the cop is sitting in the car and he he watches the mob take Captain Howdy away, are we supposed to feel like he made the wrong choice or like because there's a, there's a play on morality that I like which I think segues perfectly into your whole Tipper. damn you Tipper, we will never forget. Um, <laughs> Al, I love you. Um, I do. I love him. He's a little peach. Um, but his wife, she's a real see you next Tuesday. Can I say that? I, would, I wish you would call her a cunt oh god <laughs> stop spelling things and clutch my say pearls it. say it um say it like you mean it <laughs> i'm gonna clutch my pearls now um <laughs> it gives me the wiggies. <laughs> but i i don't know like i would have if that's my kid i would have absolutely let them kill me
0: yeah i agree that the audience is left with a okay. would you or won't you kind of situation. I'm and i would saving Captain Howdy at the moment. And I think, I think it's purposely like you're made to feel that uncomfortable decision of right. do you do your job and uphold the law no. and stop these men or do you let the man that kidnapped, raped, and tortured your teenage daughter get what he deserves? Not only would I not
1: stop it, but I would be the one with the fucking noose in my hand. <laughs> and I know that's not the right answer. Like, listen, as a mom, I'm answering honestly and... I know it's not the right answer, but it's absolutely my answer. David's <laughs> <laughs> like, well, look at the time. I got to go. <laughs> um, do, no. You're, you're uh, that detective. Do you stop them?
2: I, well, see, first of all, I would have gotten my daughter a fucking bell because <laughs> she, she got kidnapped again. I know. Really?
1: One job. Also, that girl. All
2: you had to do was breathe and not get kidnapped. That was it. wouldn't oh, go to school, you know. <laughs>
1: They really got to lock their doors. (laughs) Like, is there any sympathy for Captain Hallie?
2: When, okay. So when, when he was rehabbed, I I felt badly for him because, okay. The the guy's clearly very, you know, timid at this point and and not who he used to be. And okay. That, that was Mm -hmm. certainly acceptable, but yeah. When a person does something, you know, when when they hurt somebody that you care about, is that something that can, can be rehabbed? And I, I think one of the things that might help to resolve issues like this would be, okay, so the person who committed the crime gets rehabbed. What happens to the, per- the, to the people who, who endured it?
1: Mm-hmm. That's a good point, dude. So,
2: you know, these people are out there. They've had loved ones who are killed who are, you know, brutalized or whatever, why don't they get rehabbed as well? Because they need to be able to to cope with that and nobody's helping them.
1: Oh, that's um, such a good call.
2: It's a two sided situation. But you know, only one side's really truly being well, if you want to call it being dealt with, I guess it is. Uh, yeah, I mean
1: Yeah, that's true. It's I mean it makes a you make a really good point about like victim advocacy and victim rights because you're right. We we give more services to the to the, to the attacker mm-hmm. than we did to the attack.
2: Yeah. And I mean, okay. So if, if it were me, um, the mob wouldn't have gotten to him
0: first.
1: Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jackie?
0: Um, I don't, I, I honestly can't, can't give an answer one way or the other. I think that. I expect you to avenge me if something happens <laughs> to me. <Just laughs> like, just so you know where part, we stand. Part of me wants to think that, you know, I'm, I'm morally going to do what's right and stop the mob. But the other part Is that of what's me, right? I don't know. That's something. The other part of me thinks my emotions are going to take over. Like I truly can't can't answer one way or the other because I I I don't know. I would like to think that I would do what is morally accepted, mm-hmm. but again, I also know how I get when I'm angry. Yeah. So it's like I think
1: it's adorable that you you're better. Like I just acknowledge what a psycho bitch I am. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So let's dive
0: into this Dee Snyder versus
1: Tipper Gore okay. thing.
0: My history with Dee Snyder. Uh, Obviously, uh, I had an older brother who was into Twisted Sister, so because Brian liked Twisted Sister, I obviously liked Twisted Sister. uh, I remember that he had uh, a radio show here in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. I think it was in the early 2000s, the D Snider Radio, Mm -hmm. and he also has a syndicated uh, show called The House of Hair, which I believe is still... Uh, syndicated, it's, it's still going on. I don't think we have anything locally down here. I'm not 100% sure, but I do remember listening to um, House of Hair and D snyder Radio. And he just, he's one of those people where he just seems like, you know, this really, this really cool dude. Like, he's metal. He's, yeah. And then, like, looking into him and his background, like, you see this completely mm-hmm. different guy from, from the persona um, which actually I say that out loud and that's almost not even fair to say because his persona really wasn't anything more than he had really like big wild 80s hair and wore tight acid wash jeans. I mean, when he was in Twisted Sister, yes, he had that metal drag makeup look, but normal Dee Snyder just had really big hair. So that that was kind of an unfair statement yeah. on my part. Yeah. But, but anyway, um, here is a guy who doesn't drink, doesn't smoke, doesn't do drugs, at this point has been married to the same woman since 1981. I think it's, I don't know, for some reason it's adorable. He's got a bunch of kids. He's got grandkids. And, like, I literally wrote down that, like, he's a pop-up. And I'm like, I want Dee Snyder to be my (laughs) pop-up. But anyway, in in the early 80s, the Parents Music Resource Center uh, basically kind of went after music and Mm -hmm. said... Uh, all sorts of, you know, different artists, they need to be tagged with stickers, you know, V for violence, yeah, X like for NWA sexual, and all them, yeah. you know, Kanda are sexual lyrics and things like that. And Tipper Gore, who was kind of the face at the head of all of this, called out Twisted Sister.
1: Yeah, and you know what the worst part was? When she sat down across from Dee, do you know the first question she asked him? What are you going to do with your life? <laughs> <laughs> I'm here oh all day, folks. Thank you. Chip your waiters. Drive safe. Uh yes, yeah, so- Jackie, I missed my calling. I could be a stand-up comedian. <laughs> okay, continue. But- I've been holding that joke for about twenty-four hours. Continue. Uh,
0: <laughs> so so yeah, so she she blatantly lied about and it's not just like she lied She's about me lie She called out D Snyder and Twisted Sister by name and said that their lyrics promote like suicide and violence that they were, you know, misogynistic and if def- you know, there was a defamation against women mm-hmm. and D went up against Congress with the likes of like John Denver and things like that to try to appeal to Congress about, uh, about this. And, and one of the things that he said in his speech was I was born and raised a Christian and I still adhere to those principles. He was extremely well-spoken, polite, thoughtful, and respectful. He calls Tipper out on all of her bullshit, and he talked about the lies that he knows about, but he said that his concerns was what about the lies that have yet to be brought to his attention? There's misinformation to parents, and the parents need to take responsibility. That was the beautiful thing. He looked at Congress and said, I am a parent and I understand my responsibility as a parent and I should be the one to govern what my children listen to, look at, read, whatever. Not some government appointed sticker that slapped on something that, that quite honestly is an unfair censorship. Because you are now going to hogtie these artists that are guilty of nothing but uncalled judgment From these fucking high horse moral folks that are, again, hiding behind what they feel is their righteous agenda.
1: Now, fun fact. (laughs) The Filthy Fifteen, as they were adorably named, included hits and songs that I loved back in the day, such as Darling Nikki by Prince and She-Bump by by, uh, Cyndi Lauper. Ch- chipper gore needs to get her mind out of the gutter because i listened to those songs for so long before about in my 20s i was like oh shit dude, she's talking about masturbation yeah in both of those songs it took until the foo fighters covered it for for me to even pick it up with darling nikki yeah <laughs> and i just thought she was a kooky girl lived in a castle um, <laughs> and when she popped i thought it was like a feminist anthem so I'd be like, I'm Blue. I had no idea how inappropriate that was. I thought she bop was a dance. <laughs> <laughs> we should make a dance. So it's like funny to look at this list, though, because some of this stuff is truly sounds like it could be a little risque, like the band Wasps, "Animal Fuck Like a Beast." Seems legit that that might be a little risque. But then right next to it is Madonna's "Can Dress You Up in My Love." i over. never thought that's to this day never read sexually into that. No. Well, and and so. After, Thanks, Tipper. You ruined Dada.
0: After Dee goes through his speech, which his speech itself <coughs> is about, like, 10 minutes long, one of the members of Congress said to Dee Snyder, was like, you know, well, you know, what, what are you going to do? Like, you know, how do you stop children from, you know, buying these things and listening to these things? And he's like, well, first off, you know, I'm going to use my eyes. And I'm going to look at the record or the cassette tape. And if I see a severed goat head in between a woman's legs who's, you know, laying on a pentagram, I'm going to say, maybe this isn't appropriate for my kids. Or I'm going to... Oh, that's how my my kid's room is decorated. That's weird. Well, that's fine. Okay. Or he's like, I'm going to flip the cassette tape around, (coughs) and I'm going to look, and if there's a song called Fuck My Mother, I'm not going to let my kid listen to that song. <laughs> you first single. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, and but then again, D also says, you know, but then again, as a parent, you're never going to know every single thing that your kid is listening no, to, that your kid is watching. That's... He's like, but you have to make, You right. have to do your due diligence, and you have to make Absolutely. an effort. As a parent, it is your responsibility, and it is on your shoulders as the parent not the government, especially because you, are, again, you are going to be putting this, you know, sticker on something that just because you're looking at the title or you're looking at the cover and you're seeing D. Snyder in makeup. Oh, he's probably yeah. a, a Satan worshipper or whatever.
1: You know, I think Ice-T put it best when he wrote, Yo, Tip, what's the matter? You ain't getting no dick? You bitching about rock and roll? That's censorship, dumb bitch. I mean, I couldn't have said it any better. Lyrical genius. <laughs> I mean, pretty much, <laughs> yeah. Right, but for real. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, I agree. It's fucking stupid. And as a parent, my kid hears more curse words out of my mouth than they're ever going to hear on uh, songs. So I'd like to have set the bar high.
2: <laughs> I mean, set a challenge for them. At least give them some work to work toward. That's
1: right. They're going to have to listen to Ice Tea to be shocked, not just any run of the mill. So, First I mean, words.
0: In, at the end of the day, Fuck the, the, Fuck the, the PMRC didn't exactly get what they want with their very specific warning labels. What we did end up getting are those parental advisory stickers, which yeah. became, honestly, it fucking backfired because mm-hmm. I know that teenagers looked for those stickers because you know when you're told you can't have something when you're 17 years old you want that thing you can't have so you putting a parental advisory sticker on a cd i guarantee you the sales skyrocketed
1: and just kind of tying this into what we're seeing now with horror we're we're seeing a lot of attacks on the genre on social media like what was it was it twitter or instagram
0: well i know instagram for one
1: yeah instagram what did they like banish hashtag horror
0: if well with instagram so if you used if you were posting something and used the hashtag horror or you clicked on the hashtag horror a little warning came up that said you know basically this this hashtag is associated with like dangerous behavior and there were literally options of i need help or like you know can you help me is there someone to talk to they basically insinuated that if you use or look up the hashtag horror, you are a danger to yourself or you are a danger to others. What is fucking Timber Gore buying Instagram? What the fuck Apparently. is going on? And I think this. No,
1: this Facebook is, did. Oh, that's right. It, it, even it worse. Is, <laughs> this is
0: the, the perfect segue. Uh, we're going to bring it back around to you, Damon, with the slasher app because you have at, at, on the Facebook page, I've seen it posted time and time again, including a press release from May 9th about make horror R again.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So. I mean, for, for these exact reasons, the app uh, slasher is officially rated R. It's 17 plus on the, the app stores. And that was by design because if we're able to go and see an R-rated movie in theaters, in the public, okay, um, and, and we're able to see certain visual imagery or, or hear certain language and things like that, well why can't we have the ability to choose whether we want to or not in other public forums that you know are are designed for people 17 and up and maybe they're not seeing it as that maybe they're seeing it as well it should be for all ages okay fine so if it's for all ages they can have their their family fun over there and i'm more than happy to bring everyone else over here who wants to be able to say and show whatever they'd like that that's within parameters of a an r-rated film it just doesn't make sense to to take that choice away from people especially when all of those people are contributing and basically building the the website because if it wasn't for their content there'd be nothing there
1: yeah you, you dude you make such a good point i think it's so important to keep the open like it's kind of exciting to have apps like yours because i do feel like the irony of all this open communication is that there's so much secret censorship
2: it's it's not even secret anymore it, it's just <laughs> you're right. it's it, it's just hanging out there i i just was Getting more and more tired of having my choices taken away. When I heard about the whole "par" hashtag incident, and then um, you know, there was like one or two other things here or there that were sort of just smaller, but sort of put fuel on the fire. You know, like for example, the other day, Michael Joy—he he does some of my um, my PR—and he went to post on Facebook, and he went to post something. Uh, That was an image of Jason Voorhees and Facebook said, nope, it's against our community standards. (laughs) What? Like, why? How is this against community standards? Like, what exactly is wrong with posting something that is a meme, first of all? And second of all, I I don't believe that there is anything specifically wrong with it. So just seeing something like that, at that point, I said, listen, Michael, forget that post right here, what we're talking about right now that is your post. The, the fact that you went to do something that was really, really benign and it got thrown back at you is really not okay. And people need to know about this kind of thing. So it's getting to the point where there's so many people on this massive platform that it's becoming dangerous. And the reason I say that is because there are sides, no matter where you look on it, whether it's You know, one person doesn't like another person, one group doesn't like another group, and it's becoming a very vicious thing. And that's not what our community is about, even though there's plenty of that imagery in the movies that we watch and the stories that we read and the music that we listen to. But as far as actually acting it out in our daily lives, like, the horror community is really one of the nicest groups of people, you know, as a whole. To have our community just being shit on like that is just unacceptable. So, you know, once I saw this, I said, you know what, I don't care. So maybe a couple of 13-year-olds will sneak it onto their phones or whatever. But again, that's that's up to their parents to to find it or not. It's not up to me. I did my part. It's it's seventeen plus. So if restrictions aren't set on their phones, that's not my fault. Yeah. You know, they they need supervision. And if their parents don't want them to see it, then be parents. Yeah. You know, it's not my job to to be anybody else's parent. So if somebody wants to post something that is horror related and maybe shows a nude body or whatever that from a, a film capture, you know, a, a screen capture or whatever, or you know, talks about something kind of gory or whatever, so be it. If we could see it in the theater, you could see it on the app, that's
0: it. And that's awesome. Everything that you said about the community, and I agree 100% of this horror community that, that we have are, are lucky enough to be in, we have met so many amazing people. It's, it's We've said this before on the show. Everybody is supporting everybody else. Everybody is lifting everybody else up. And to know that this kind of community has come together... Uh, we've got the Slasher app. We can all come together there. Um, it, it's just I, we are so so excited for you with with the launch of the app, and we just we wish you with the absolute best of success. Like we we're gonna be along for the ride. Um, so I do want to remind people that it is the Slasher app is available. Uh, Apple, mm-hmm. uh, you can download it on the iTunes Store. It's on Google Store. Uh, you can go to Facebook and join the Slasher page there. On Instagram and Twitter, it's the Slasher app. Am I missing anything, Damon?
2: Um, No, that's that's pretty much everywhere that I am right now.
0: Perfect. Okay. Well, um, I, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, we really appreciate awesome.
1: you taking the time. We've had so much fun tonight. Oh, thank you. I mean... It's always
2: nice hanging out and chatting with you. But no, I, I certainly appreciate this. This is like the best shout out I could possibly ever get is to be on your show, which I like listening to by the way.
1: Aww, nice, <laughs> man. We appreciate that. Yeah.
2: yeah, no. Anytime. But yeah, no, thank you so much. It really means a lot to me to be able to to talk to you and to, you know, promote what I'm doing here. And really at the end of the day, I'm just hoping that other people within the community can benefit by it as well. You know, it's not something I did just for me, um, even though it started out as something I wanted. But I really hope that other people can benefit. And I want to see you guys just, like, blow your shit up on there and, uh, and gets, uh, get noticed a lot more.
1: Oh, that let's sounds uh, awesome, dude. We can't wait. Yeah. Let's do this. Yeah, right. Yeah, sounds good. Thank you. And, yeah, and Got don't it. forget, you know where to find us, so definitely check us out.
0: Yep, we're on the internet. You can go to the Slasher app and you can find us. Uh, If you go on the message boards, there is a section for podcast. Uh, I have posted in a thread that says, you know, what should I listen to? There is also a Jersey Ghouls podcast thread on there now. So if you've got the Slasher app, you can find Jersey Ghouls information there. Or if you've got the internet, you can find us. Uh, you know how to do it. Use your little phalanges and type That's in right. Jersey games.
1: And if you're lucky, I might go on there like I'm 16 all over again, pretend to be a beautiful blonde woman. You don't know.
0: You don't and know. The world is your oyster. <laughs> <laughs> so we hope you guys have enjoyed our episode on D strange Strangeland. We hope that you have gotten some insight. If you didn't know about the Slasher app, now you know, and you're gonna you're gonna hear it from us go download that shit right now. Like, as soon as this episode's done, close out your little browser, go to iTunes, go to Google Play, Mm -hmm. download that shit, and join us on the Slasher app. And until Mm -hmm. next time, you guys, eat shit and live. Eat a bowl of fuck.